Hello there. Welcome to The Patch. Where this Gus- week, brought to you by Rock Band and Trunk Club. And The Patch, where Gus has been advising Meg and I on fashion. Fashion. <laughs> I'm fashionable. <laughs> Thanks to Trunk Club. <laughs> <They're right laughs> Which, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Gus, right this now. is the first time you and I have been on The Patch for, for a long time. It's been like a month or something, right? Yeah. It has been a while. There it is. I, I feel like Balanced. my parents are back together. Aww. We, we were late. We, Ryan and I just showed up to set. We were playing video games together, too. Yeah. What right were you guys this. playing? Uh, we were playing. Well, we can talk about that right now, actually. Yeah. We are uh, playing Metal Gear Online, which yeah. just launched this week. Oh. Or yesterday. Are you, yeah, in, are you investing Tuesday. in FOB insurance? <laughs> so, because it sounds like you need to. Well, You're going to need to pay some money to protect your digital stuff. from Metal Gear Online. So FOB is the online integration into the single-player version of mm-hmm. Metal Gear, which is like... You it's can, been out uh, since pretty well since I got the servers up. That right. has been there. A Metal Gear Online is more like the traditional, you know, play, PvP. Mm-hmm. Like... You would do. You would use FOB insurance to protect your base because, theoretically, another player could attack your base online. Like they would show up at your mother base and try to steal your people and break into your command room. So that's what FOB insurance covers. Yeah. Okay. The Metal Gear Online that launched today is more like deathmatch or like objective stuff. Which, okay. By the way, that FOB stuff. So I've, uh, I've very early on, as soon as I was able to build up an FOB, I started really building it out just because I wanted more resources mm-hmm. and beer. Uh, size of uh like my departments which lets you develop more tools and things mm-hmm. um and i've started doing those fob assaults to just go get more stuff from other people no one i have seen has a big fob as mine and i think that well, sounds like a brag are you Look, impressed <laughs> i got a big I'm fob impressed. all right Ooh. but no i think it's people were scared because the whole the whole conversation about fobs was that everything that you put on the fob will be in danger of right. being stolen. It can be stolen. And so no one built their FOBs up. That's exactly why I haven't done it. Which is, you can tell, like, not all of your resources go into the FOB. If you look in your resources screen, there's like a, this much is basically on your FOB and at risk, and this much mm-hmm. is safe. Your personnel, yeah, they may get well, stolen. What you can do is you can put your personnel under contract. Mm-hmm. So you have a limited number you can put under contract and save. Yeah. But still, like, once you start getting a good number of people or a good number of skilled people, you don't have enough contracts to hold mm-hmm. them all. And the FOB insurance would basically just make it so that if you get attacked, they still, like, the person that attacks you still fights your defense and still takes all your stuff, and then you just get credited. They, they, is it, or do they take, the way I read it was a little bit confusing, because I am not playing the game, mm-hmm. it sounded like, yes, they take a copy of it. Like, you yes. end up getting all that, like, you keep all your stuff, but they also get your yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I understand. It's like, and I think speci- they use the word clone specifically because of soldiers. So it's like, you don't lose your soldiers, like, oh, they stole a clone, like, how do I know? Like, I, I, gotta, I started getting paranoid. Like, how, how do, do know I know that? Do- what if I keep the clone and they got the real one? And I started getting really worried about it. I was like, wait, this is stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, that's soldiers. They they clone the fuel, too. How do you clone a box of fuel? Well, no, th- that I think of like true insurance where they take oh, it they just and the insurance it. adjuster shows up and it's like, all right, you they way stole. overthought but, this. But soldiers, are, way too yeah. far but soldiers are actual clones. Those are actual clones. So yeah. do, do you have like ethical worries about clones and originals versus copies? I think about it sometimes. That's one really? of the that's one of the things that uh, has always been a little bit scary about teleportation, right? Oh, right. Is, the, is the idea that if if they don't teleport the atoms that are a part of you right now, they're essentially cloning you, destroying you here, and just like recreating you there. I've right? been so would many you, sci-fi you, things. That would you know that. not like if you come out the other side not being the original, but not 
feeling any different than you do now, would you be fine with killing yourself to travel fast? L- l- well, let me tell you. Let me let me let me Ooh. take this on a tangent. Ooh. I, I wrote a treatment years ago for Rich Teeth. I don't think we're going to make it, so I'll, I'm going to I'm going to spoil it now. But it was like so. Let you, the, teleportation works like the way you described it, right? You go break in, down, build break new. down, rebuild. What if along the way it's hijacked and another one is made and sent to like an internment camp and forced into slave labor? Okay, okay, you say this, but there's this book that I really, really like. I think everyone should read it. It's the Takeshi Kovacs books. I've mentioned them on the patch before, where um, everyone exists like you as a as a person. You exist within like this little pellet thing that's in, injected at the in the base of your skull, like in your spine, and um, it can be taken and put in different bodies. Interesting. But that's, so the core of you, like your mind and your memories and all that, is in this little pellet. And uh, but it can be backed up. And at one point, this guy ends up encountering like a young ass, like a young version of a himself. Young ass? What? Uh, like, like back when he was a total asshole. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And because uh, it was like put into storage as, you know, like insurance or something else. And then someone someone took it and then put it in a body. And this young version of him is is it's him, but mentally younger, like the super and bro in a, version in a, of him, in a physically different body, but it's still the same person. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I think about it a lot. I think about clones a lot. I think about teleportation a lot, and it's scary. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's been addressed <laughs> so many times, and like uh, there was the uh, what was it was the the Hugh Jackman and. Um, Oh, what, uh, oh, oh no! I know you're thinking the of magician. the the illusionist, the prestige, the prestige. The prestige. Yeah. There we the go. Prestige. There were there were the two movies that came out yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. One was the prestige. It was the other the illusionist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. It's it's a little bit like um, Dante's Peak and Volcano. Yeah. Same yeah. problem. There's so many movies that just like can't have they two always come the same subject matter at the same time. But yeah, no. So that it's been addressed there. It's been ha- it's happened in several Star Trek uh, episodes. Like the time Riker, you know, he they tried to beam him up and his pattern reflected off the atmosphere. And so one Riker rematerialized mm-hmm. on that planet and then one was back on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. How and did then they later they that? met back up. Which one of them ended up dying? To, Neither. To, well, actually, what? one of them, I think, later on did go on to die. But one was like the evil Riker because he was trying to prove himself, you know, because good Riker was the, the, oh, sorry, like the commander on the Enterprise. And so bad, the, the Riker that rescued that had been smoked. waiting. Well, no, one of them had a beard. One of them, did. Yeah. one of them had a beard? Yes. That's how you know he's evil? He has a beard? He was the no-beard one. So, oh, so barefaced is evil. If I remember correctly, yeah. Okay. That was Lieutenant Riker versus right. Commander Riker. I'm, I'm gonna, sorry. Let's get back to gaming. <laughs> I'm going to keep a close eye on all of the, the um, shaved dudes. Yeah. That was, uh-oh. Gus. Good. I'm still no, good. That was for a part. I'm good, Ryan, People watch today. Me, people Tick- watch me do Tickler, that. if indeed that is your real name. <laughs> that is. I have not been reflected off the atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, Metal, I mean, we played a little bit of Metal Gear Online. It was fun. There um, were three different game types. We played one of each, basically. Yeah. It's uh, Bounty, Bounty Hunter, Hunter, Cloak and Dagger, and, and Com Defense. Is that what yeah, it's called? It, or Com Attack? Or? Something like that, yeah. Where you're t- it's basically... Com mm-hmm. Attack is... is um, like headquarters, sort of, for yeah. Call of Duty, where you have three locations that you have to, or three control points that you have to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you take one, you can spawn there, and then it, mm-hmm. and then it accelerates a timer. Okay, so it's territory control. I don't know if you noticed, and maybe you didn't because you didn't get to play the other side because we had to run over here. What that also did was whenever our team, so there's an attacking team and a defending team. So this is kind of an interesting twist in that the attacking team needs to grab control of the stations so that within a set amount of time they can acquire a whole file. 
Whenever we got near a station you took, my mini-map stopped working. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was actually doing some intelligence uh, denial whenever okay. we were in that zone. That's, that's really interesting because I was using that to my advantage, and that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because as a defender, I could see you guys moving to my mini-map, and I thought, it's weird that they're not doing anything to mask their movement because y'all were showing up, and I guess because you couldn't see it. Yeah, we couldn't mask. see it when we got close. Interesting. No, that's good. It, it was fun. I like I like the Middle Gear uh, franchise. I just fit. I don't know. If, did I, had I finished it by last week? I finished uh, uh, the campaign. I don't, right I don't think you. I don't think you mentioned it when. I mean, we we were discussing, but I don't think I liked it a lot. Um, I don't. Uh, so I thought maybe it was my favorite Metal Gear Solid game, but I'm gonna have to say maybe the first one still Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear Solid. Might Where have does been it better. rank in your Red Dead Redemption games? I don't like Ooh. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, he's not a fan. But I like Metal Gear Solid Wait, 5. I like the Phantom Pain. Hold on. Let's explore this. Why? Uh, I'm normally Who not you, a fan guys? of big open world games. Like my problem with Red oh, Dead okay. Redemption well, was – There's a guy named Marsden. I felt really like I, I, there was no motivation. There was no direction for me. It was like, oh, I can ride around and go find missions instead of having missions presented to me. It was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. So do Just you like – There was spoon-fed. my laziness yet, <laughs> extends into the game world. And yet you really like Fallout. Oh, I love Fallout. So is Fallout your exception Fallout. to that? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I like GTA Four also. Meh. You just I, wanted to live in the Fallout world, is what it amounted like to, right? World. Yeah. See, I, I get it to some degree because I don't really play the GTA games. I don't care about driving around cities and that sort of mm-hmm. open world. But give me a horse, and I'll ride all over the old west. Yeah, I mean, I used the horse for a bit in Metal Gear Solid Five, but never. I never even got to the point where I could weaponize the poop. You know, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, I use D Dog. Like D Dog is easily really my favorite useful. companion. Yeah. Quiet's really useful too, though. Quiet's useful for like fire support. But if you like mm-hmm. want to do stealth stuff and infiltration, then D Dog's the best because he identifies every enemy on the map for you. You can do that with her too. You just send her in to scout at first. Or you send her in to just like distract everyone. Go. Also, an option. She is very difficult to control her though because you have to like go to the start menu and like tell quiet to, you can't just right. everything is done through a communication wheel typically and she's not yeah you have to actually go to like a menu system and yeah. say quiet go well, scout also, Ryan, she's very quiet it takes a little extra effort she can't she literally doesn't talk but and then once she D-Dog, can listen once d-dog gets his knife and you can command him to kill individual people it's also really handy because he does it silently instead mm-hmm. of uh, having a gun do you have him kill you didn't have him stun no kill all the time i mean Stun's better for points, I guess, and money. Kill I unlocked first, uh-huh. and then I just never switched it to stun once I got that. You know, the main complaint Gus just I wants have, everyone in the world dead. <laughs> well, I got to say, there's a lot of advantages to them being dead. Because no matter what, no matter how you incapacitate them, they can get back up. Well, here's, here's the rub. So if you incapacitate them, you can Fulton them and get rid of the body. Yes. But if you kill them, then you have to hide the body uh-huh. and there's normally very limited ways to hide it and invariably someone's going to find the body and you so, got to kill them too r- they're right so yeah then this is a with, chain reaction to murder then there's a pile of bodies and everyone's like well why is there a giant <laughs> pile of bodies and it's like it just keeps getting bigger and the dog just keeps having to kill people right it's but weird. it's always the dog but, you know gus's hands are clean no no it's awesome if like there's two people i'll send the dog in he'll begin killing one the other guy will get surprised, then I'll sneak up behind him and like incapacitate him or like how excited Gus is about yeah, no, like, no. killing people with his, with with his dog, faithful it's companion. It's a lot of fun. Well, the other thing is once you get further in, like I I'm at fifty percent completion. I just got to chapter two. Which how many chapters are there? Two, just two. Okay, <laughs> that's a weird thing to call I, it chapter one and chapter two. Well, if there's just two, why well, just at half time? I finished the game and <laughs> I'm only at forty two percent completion. So you can do any side missions. <laughs> I've done some, but not nearly. Obviously, not nearly as many as you have. How much development, uh, like the the R and D type stuff, did you unlock? Uh, all of my 
platforms are at level three out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really haven't done anything with my FOB. Uh, then as far as my development for weapons, I mean, I have some stuff, not a whole ton of it. Like, I feel like I had to do a lot of side missions because I'm just constantly poor. Like, I have no really? money ever. Just do missions. I do the missions. Well, I mean, you must be developing too much. Maybe. Stop like, just... I want some more toys. Yeah, stop like, developing. Have stuff. Plus, then, the worst part is the more you develop, it you, there's actually a cost to deploy. Yeah. So if you're like, you want to go back down there? That'll be $20,000. You, you want that nice toy? Mm, that's going to cost you another ten. Normally, I develop the main weapons that I use. So, like, I'll develop a sniper rifle, uh, an assault rifle, a pistol, and uh, a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, it. Like, I'll focus on <laughs> one of each type, and then I'll just develop those as far as I can. Yeah. And then every time a new level comes up for it, I'll develop that. And then everything else is like, oh, if that looks funny or that looks cool, like, I'll try some uh-huh. experimental stuff. Well, the other thing is it's really got to be basically a kidnap simulator because the way that you level up your base is to steal kidnap talented everything. people. Yes. yes. You keep them in the brig until uh-huh. you convince them to join your side. It's like kidnap and brainwashing. Yeah. And essentially you have like they a even platform say full of Stockholm people. I love Stockholm it. Stockholm yeah. People. They're like, well, just, just send them back to the base. We'll convince them to join. Like, yeah. So you steal them, brainwash them, and then they work for you. And, and then, then when you show up at base, they're all like, hey, boss, good to see you. And they're How like, you doing? Oh, and then they love it when you punch them. Uh-huh. What? Train with me, boss. Yeah, Wait, what? Me. Yeah. And then you, like, punch them, and then they're, like, happy about it. Well, it's- no. Do you, if you interrogate them, they'll tell you where they're, they've hidden diamonds around on Mother Base. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's shit hidden all over Mother ba- Base. Oh, i got to start punching them some more. Yeah. Yeah. Interrogate them. Yeah. What, so you're poor. You found the treasure. You got a lot of money. You haven't found the treasure. I haven't found the treasure. I'm about to be super double rich. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't. I just. I'm a lot more focused on my development. Yeah, this probably. game sounds sadistic. I should probably it's play fun. it. It's actually it's really fun. Apparently, got some really messed up stuff. Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I've done a few bad things already. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Some, so I think some of the there's some missions that people <laughs> thought were really crossing the line, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's not that bad. But then again, it goes back to what yeah. you're saying. Maybe I'm just a, a sadistic, messed up person. I know. But in one of our monitors, you're also wearing a sombrero. I was? So, well, we've got a sombrero on our oh, monitor over, over here. Oh, oh. So I just keep looking at Gus in a sombrero. What is that sombrero doing there? Is the I think acting, it's there from free play. It is from free play. Is the acting really hard for you to take? Uh, I mean, yeah, but that's like typical. Like, I get the style. Metal Gear, Kojima stuff. It's just like. Like over the top. Like, look, some people really love soap operas. They can be it's rough, true. and people still really get into them. They get really invested. It just depends on how easily you can suspend your disbelief. Well, can that's you the thing is they don't even, Ryan? They don't even make a it? stab at you just suspending your disbelief. Like, the dialogue is so weird and, like, way over dramatic, kind of hackneyed well, stuff. And then the delivery is just like, like it's Metal Gear. That sounds like you got to suspend a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's no suspension. It's like, we're not even going to try. Like, you know this is just off the rocker. Um, and I get the style... I just don't know that it works for me. Like it's like, yes, defend the base, do it for your comrades, for justice. We must have vengeance with our justice. <laughs> I mean, it's like okay, settle down. We get it. You know? Otakon, revolt us a lot. And then some of the stuff. I don't know who's talking to me most of the time either. It's like the the two Ocelot yeah. and uh, and uh, Miller sound exactly the same on the. Radio. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a hard time figuring <laughs> out who's talking. Also, uh, and also some of like the interrogation scenes with uh, Emmerich are also mm-hmm. like that. It's like, well, guys, I'm telling you, I've told you everything. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's super, super over the top. Yeah. And uh, and weird. It's like really badly dubbed. Mm-hmm. Is what it feels like all the time. What if you guys create a mod where you go back through the game 
and you do all the voices. I am so down for that. So I move over Troy Baker, who is Huey. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just got to the end of chapter one, so I got to watch you know the longer credit sequence. You get a credit sequence after the end of every mission. Wait, so the end of chapter one. So there's chapter one, chapter two. So the end of chapter one. That was your halftime show. That's no, no cheerleaders. You got they, Troy Baker instead. They give you there's Troy a Baker's ocelot. He's ocelot, really? Yeah. Oh shit, I must have misread. Um, so they give you a full credit sequence at the end of chapter one. Then you at the end of the credit sequence, there's a preview for what happens in chapter two. Like a trailer for so chapter two. So it's like two. an ep- like episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, the one, whole thing two. is very set up episodically in the sense that every mission is like an episode. To the extent that they also have the directed by Hideo Kojima. And then like this episode, Revolver Ocelot. You know, and then has the cast list for the ep- the mission. Which is a mission can be like five minutes long, depending on what you do. And it spoils things sometimes. It where does. You, you see it and you think, oh, well. That's who I'm going to be fighting? You know, yeah. like an enemy that is supposed to be a surprise and show up halfway through the mission? Oh, no, I was spoiled. In well, the he's in the credits. cast list, so yeah. I guess he's in this one. Huey is voiced by Christopher Randolph. Oh. Uh, who, I wasn't paying enough who's attention. Who's worked on uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, and Metal Gear Solid 2, A Substance. And then... So he he's really into that Metal Gear. It's just, uh, you know, one of those things where there's just too many... Yeah, when too I, many jumps when sometimes. I, when, it's still fun though. I uh, love the game. But. When I finished chapter one, I thought I had finished the game. And yeah. two episodes of As the World Turns. There it so is. So he's he's well suited to soap operas. See, see, it all works out. It does work out because at the end of chapter one, you get that long credit yeah. sequence. I was like, okay, well, that's the game. And then immediately, like you said, uh, coming up on chapter two, I was like, wait, is there? Gonna, and I thought in my head, is there going to be DLC? Is there going to be more mm-hmm. than? Oh no, it's just you immediately begin playing. I was really confused, and it was because of... So the other thing that happens now with Metal Gear is now that the servers are up, the second you turn the game on, you get like 17 messages from the server telling you about, hey, news of the day. Hey, this is not working. Hey, you better not cheat. That's one up there every day. And, you know, it's just like... And you have to hit next on each screen to get to the game. I knew that there was up to Mission 41, at least, because it was bugged. Like, if you played Mission 41 with... 42. 42? Yeah. Yeah, with Quiet, then it would break the game. So I... I was real confused when I, I think chapter one ends around like 30 something. Yeah. And I was like, I, I think there's more because they have bugs associated with more. And then it went into the, the preview part. So I don't know. It's they keep taking a step forward and taking a step back. What, in a lot what of ways. mission are you on? Do you know? Uh, I haven't run any of them past chapter one. Oh, wait. Wow. You, okay. Yeah. You still have a ways to go. Yeah. I've done like, uh, I think I only have one or two side missions available that are not repeats. Okay. Do you, when you play an open world game, is your strategy to do all the side stuff until you're absolutely forced to do story stuff and advance the the plot? A lot of times, yeah. In this case, I'm doing it largely for money. Which, by the way, also the freaking you can quick travel around the map. Oh yeah, he just discovered this. What? They don't tell you. There's a a method by which you can travel from any cargo location that you've unlocked to any other cargo location that you've unlocked, which are things you just find all the time. And it's like, oh, I found one. It's like, oh, this is a cargo unloading zone. All right. Which I guess is a thing that's a holdover from previous games. And maybe if you knew that, you would know that you just stand on it, put a box on your head, and you could transport to any of the other ones. But they never mention it. I think they mention it much <laughs> later. I think it got mentioned in passing partway through chapter two. But I already knew about it, so it was it wasn't news to me. I only uh, found out about it from like an article. At Una Omega on Twitter, 
Uh, and I, I echo his sentiment here, so I feel I have to read this. He says, man, it's funny and interesting to see Ryan the Twit experiencing Metal Gear Solid for the first time. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I've heard so much about the series, and then sitting here listening to Gus and uh, Michael talk about it, it's like, we, uh, Jeff and I were kind of getting a rundown on like how all this fits in. It's like, yeah, Michael this and, is insane. Michael and I had almost an hour-long discussion going over the timeline of the Metal Gear universe trying to piece it all together well, who's it's, a good guy. it's tricky because the games jump backwards and forwards so much so you've already right. played the future yes you've essentially played the end at this yeah metal gear solid 4 mm-hmm. was essentially the end and then metal gear solid 5 is near the beginning which retcons some stuff that happens later in the middle <laughs> it's just, yeah it's just a really convoluted it's just one of those things where they made the game in a story and then it got popular, and they had to make more games, and then they had to, like, with revisionist history, kind of shuffle things so around It's like a the Vanishing of Ethan Carter, told out of order. Sort of, hey. yes. Very well, which we'll, discuss, we'll be discussing later on uh, Some of on, us uh, that did their homework. Before. Here, let me read this, speaking of homework. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Rock Band. Rock Band 4 is now available. Rock Band 4 is the only music rhythm game with a full band experience. The breadth of music found on Rock Band 4 is so much more fun. It's now available at the link in the description below. Do I have a link? All right, there it is. It's now available. Uh, we did uh, a live stream for Rock Band 4 launch last night. Yeah, which is why I imagine Gus's homework was not done. Uh-huh. A likely yeah, story. Why. I was I was scrambling to finish it this morning as well, though. So I, I get it. It was a great live stream. I thought it went really well. It was a lot of fun. We had, uh, we had four, four legendary bands. We had Cunnilingus with, with a K. With a K. With a K. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the tickler, the tickler on drums, <laughs> nice. Uh, we had who, I don't remember, remember Screwtex band name. It was like Dog Chaser, Dog Slimer, Slime, yeah, Slimer, Dog Slimer, Dog Slimer, Dog Slimer. Dog Slimer. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then we had, of course, we had Sex Swing mm-hmm. uh, up here and Casual Tuesday because Jimmy Hunter was like, we don't, we like dressing up with Lady Braga, with Lady Braga. Which I hear stole, stole the, the show. show. Yes. Yeah, he killed he did it. a great job. Yeah. Um, honestly, the whole thing was a lot of fun. It was the developers, Harmonix, came down. They brought uh, their kit that had all of the Rock Band DLC ever on it. So we were able to play wow. and yeah, it was like, whatever we wanted. Like any song that they released was there to play. It was it was a crazy so, amount of content. Oh yeah, we got there was some gold. Yeah, <laughs> there's there a lot that of queen got turned back into coal. On stage. Uh, That's a diamond and, thing, I know, but gold works too. And, uh, we, it's all uh, carbon, really. <laughs> we, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to post it, uh, the video online just because it's, it's complicated with all of the music rights mm-hmm. uh, and putting it on YouTube. So hopefully you got a chance to watch a live stream. If not, we're just talking about something you never get to see. Sorry. Well, yeah, but, but it a, was really great. It was really great. And there is a forthcoming Achievement Hunter video with Rock Band. Oh, okay. Yes, that we've managed to work around some of that. So look for that. Yeah, I feel um, I feel bad a little bit for music games. Remember, there was the music game era, and then they music games went away for a little while. And now with the this release of, of Rock Band Four, it's back, which is great. But we're also in a new era of sort of how people learn about and communicate and share video games, which is online video. But these games with all the music licensing they have to do, they're in a really tough position with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of rocking a hard place because music, I feel like music licensing is one of the toughest things to work with. Absolutely, yeah. You say the you say Gemma 
and everyone gets terrified because apparently Germany's really scary for for licensing rights. Like uh, a lot of is lot that why live streams are normally blocked mm-hmm. in Germany? Yeah, because really? they're 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 so stringent. So for um, E3, for example, we couldn't stream to Germany at least one of the days because they're they're so strict about it. Now I haven't played a lot with streaming, but how do you just disable a country? You don't you just it's say, on the platform end. Okay. Yeah. Like they're they're used to it. <laughs> they're used to it. you can say no Germany. <laughs> Is it just that you have to go la 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 if you're in Germany when <laughs> no, it no, comes to No, because you or? have to pay extra rights if you oh. do that. <laughs> you can't make any any music of any kind. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, no one should be surprised at this point that licensing of music is one of the most ridiculous hurdles to overcome for anything, and video games especially. It's kind of shocking that these games got made, and that yeah, that's one of the things that I find most impressive yeah. is that they managed to get it at all. How much of the back end money do you think? Do you think those are, were profitable, or did they just have to give it all to the music licenses? Well, they had to have been profitable. I mean. They, they made making them. multiple iterations. The studios, well, uh, Harmonix is still around. They're still, mm-hmm. you know, making games. And Harmonix is pretty much 100% music-based games. Yeah. Um, you know, there was also Neversoft is no longer around, mm-hmm. though, and they made uh, the Guitar Hero games. So I don't know. I, I mean, well, who knows what happened well, to Neversoft? Yeah, didn't Harmonix started that, didn't they? I believe and so. Then, and then went and did Rock Band? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a long time ago. Strange, it's strange to say that now. It is. I, I it is really strange. I remember well. when it was all happening, mm-hmm. like it was yesterday. <laughs> so, we're so old. So, talk, speaking of Neversoft, uh, the, new, you know, the new Tony Hawk game came out last week. Not made by Neversoft, because Neversoft no longer exists. But, but they did work on right. the series previously. New Tony Hawk game came out last week, met with off, or not even last week, came out a couple weeks ago now, but mm-hmm. met with terrible reviews. Nobody, it seemed like nobody was happy with it. Uh, Re- really buggy, didn't um, not graphically impressive in any way. The developer um, has said that they're working to, they're aware of the issues. And it'd be difficult for them not to be them. aware of the issues at this point. Hasn't this game existed for a while? So, like it was finished a while back, and well, then they I just remember, didn't release it. I remember it got leaked by a catering, catering. guy. Yeah. yeah, he posted a picture on Instagram of a of a Tony Hawk Five party that he was catering, and They've that's been, how everyone found out about it. But even like Tony Hawk's been hinting at it for. Yeah. I mean, they've ages been sitting on it longer than like a Paul Walker movie. Well, I, Ouch, so, dude! What? They had like twelve of those come out of the woodwork after he passed. So uh, I I don't know who this was. Uh, uh, when the game did launch, when Tony Hawk Five launched, uh, a developer not who did not work on the game, another video game developer, pointed out an old PR uh, blast that Activision had put out back in two thousand two, and in that PR blast they talk about the Tony Hawk license. And apparently, Activision's license for the Tony Hawk franchise ends in 2015. So now he's starting to speculate that th- they knew the game wasn't done, and they were just trying to shovel it out before oh. the end of 2015 to get it done. because their license for on the game was going to expire. And even people, okay, so if you put your conspiracy theorist hat on, or super, your or your sombrero, or your sombrero, super conspiracy theorist people are saying that it was maybe even a ploy. To ruin the franchise for whoever the next publisher is <laughs> that gets the Boys name. Poison the well. Right. Was there, you, is it really I, hot commodity? Do you I think, think are people really going to like be competing to get the Tony Hawk license? I think that that might be, uh, that, that conspiracy theory, I don't buy. I think that's a little, that's a little out. I feel there. like you could probably, he would sell it to you for, you know, some gum at this point. I mean, no, it doesn't have any value. I can see them just deciding to get it out, though, and get as many sales as possible before their license expires. Look at all the games. Um, Deadpool was a good example where they they pull it from digital shelves. It just becomes impossible to buy because the license reverted. So if that's the case here, then 
you know, the end of the year, they can't sell Tony Hawk anymore. So they may as well get whatever they can out of it. Yeah, like one last cash grab before yeah. it goes away. I was going to say hurrah, but yeah, I think that that may cash be that may be a little uh, bit too celebratory. Yeah, cash grab seems apt. People <laughs> grabbing cash usually look really happy. I mean, uh, so I'm, I'm going to look into this a little more. I I, I want to say that they uh, signed that license back in 2002. Yeah, it was back in 2002. They signed that uh, 13-year deal. It's just ending now in 2015. They sold it. I mean, they signed that license so long ago. It was after the fourth Tony Hawk game. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, that, I'm, that's, that seems absolutely crazy to me. But anyway, so, I mean, there you go. There's your little bit of legal background and your, <laughs> your potential conspiracy wranglings for the week. Um, enough about that. Um, so, Ubisoft announced uh, Far Cry Primal. Mm-hmm. Sort of by week. accident, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't by accident. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, they, they were IGN very deliberate it. about it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, IGN Turkey tweeted yeah. about it <laughs> like uh something like 18 hours early while ubisoft had a stream running at the time it was it was a cool stream i had it going all day it was like it, you know you're looking at like cave art on the wall and it's gradually zooming out and showing more and more cave art and then eventually it'd show like it'd take a little cave art saber tooth tiger and it would attack some cave art men and then go back and just be cave art again kind of relaxing in a, in a creepy sort of way but while that like that had started and had been going for a couple of hours and then suddenly IGN Turkey tweets this thing how mad must the creator of that experience be that it's like we had this amazing slow reveal and somebody just blows it with a tweet. fucking furious yeah. I'd be so mad that sucks uh, but that's it I'm really excited the game is due to come out in February and it's Far Cry in the Stone Age setting yeah so it's 10,000 BC uh, which kind of has people concerned because it's like if Far Cry is Skyrim with guns, then Far Cry Primal is Skyrim without guns. Skyrim with or Skyrim. magic. Skyrim with spears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess and, you have and, both and, and arrows, but uh, and uh, well, uh, some people are telling us that quivers weren't invented by 10,000 BC. So you we'll see how we'll see how historically accurate this gets. Wait, whoa, whoa. But, the, the quivers weren't invented like bows, sure, but a place to put arrows. Slow look, down. I'm just passing on the knowledge that was presented to me by budding paleontologists. <laughs> it's like I picture someone holding a bunch of arrows, thinking, "Surely there's a better way." <laughs> <laughs> like all these little cuts on there, like all these dicks. Like maybe they just like they just like stick one in, like hold it there for a second, and then be like, ah. I need this now. In the future, we're going to have even bigger arms so we can hold more arrows. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on your side, Ryan. This seems like an easy fix. If, if Once you've mastered the concept of making a bow and making arrows, hey, making a pouch to put it in. Maybe they didn't have pockets at that point. Maybe nobody had anything to put anything in. I want to know if you get to invent the wheel as part of this game. Because if this is... <laughs> what are so, you going to do with it? Roll it down it, a hill at something? Get four of them together and then get make a car. Oh, that you whoa, with now your you're inventing a cart. Slow yeah. down now. Well, yeah, we, we just got the wheel. You have to pedal it with your feet. <laughs> like yeah. I've seen the Flintstones. Style. Yeah. Nice. You get a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this... <laughs> this is mental image of like a Far Cry game when you're just rolling down a hill on a unicycle. <laughs> with a, a stone, a stone, a stone unicycle and your bow and arrow. Oops, I'm out of arrows now because I don't have a pocket. I invented a wheel, but no quiver. <laughs> I do wonder how serious it's going to be. I imagine this, th- based on the teaser trailer they released, they are, it's not as goofy in tone as, say, Blood Dragon was, but it is their non-numbered entry in the series, so they can go a little bit crazy with it. That said, 
It's also Stone Age. You have spears, you have bows and arrows, maybe you have quivers, slings possibly. So I don't know how crazy you can get as far as weaponry. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you invent the Molotov cocktail? I mean, First, you invent alcohol, hey. and then invent the Molotov cocktail. Look, there could be Let's like be this, this tech tree here. After you invent the alcohol, you probably don't go out and attack anybody else. You're probably just happy with what you got, mm-hmm. right? Instead of trying to like all the other tribes trying to kill you, they're just trying to come to your house party, right? Yeah, and you throw the first uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, cave, cave party. There you go. So, uh, so it seemed to me, based on what I read, that um, the reveal trailer that they had might be like the opening cinematic for the game because the, the premise that they described for the story seems like exactly what you see in there, where uh, you're the sole survivor of a hunting party that goes out and gets attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. So then it seems like that is probably going to be like the intro cinematic for mm-hmm. the game, and that's going to go from there. The, yeah, I can see that. It's kind of concerning, though, because if well, in the sense that Blood Dragon was great for as long as it was. Like, that was a... It had a shtick, and any longer than that probably would... It, and I remember getting to the end of that and going, that was the right length. If right. I had to do another one of those, or another quest, or another whatever, I would have been over what I was into for this. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, they're billing this as, like, a full game length. It's not even, mm-hmm. like, a spin-off DLC, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said it's going to be on scale of, of like a Far Cry 4 of a numbered entry. So they're where that was, um, where Blood Dragon was initially DLC and then released standalone. This they're treating as a Far Cry game. Blood Dragon, though, you never needed to have the retail game. You didn't. It was DLC, but not. Right. It was weird. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, standalone DLC. Oh, cool. Yeah. I lost the Wi Fi again. Um, and the other Congrats. thing I'm kind of curious about is they. How are you fast travel? Like, you really have to have some method of getting around. If the map's going to be on scale, so are you going to start riding elephants? Or you got to have some conveyance, right? Mammoth Express. There you go. I mean, you got to have something, right? Just, just catch the nearest antelope by the horns? Anything. You know, yeah. <laughs> passing animals, you're just riding, ah, streaming along behind it. But Yeah, who knows? I mean, I... That or it's a tiny map. Uh, I don't want to stroll everywhere. We don't, don't have We don't have that long to wait. We've got... It's just until February. So I imagine that we'll be getting a lot of information in the next couple of months as they get closer and closer and closer. So I don't think any of this is going to remain a mystery for very long. But I like the ideas. I do like the idea of catching wildlife. <laughs> Taming it, making it your own. Maybe you have to build like a base, like a agrarian society. Like you build a farm. Yeah. You have to get insurance. There you go. <laughs> to protect yourself. from. You can be the first 10,000 BC insurance salesman. You, you could be. Uh... Like, that's a real nice yak you got there. Be a real shame if anything happened to it. Let me show you a lot of products. So I what got you're saying is you started the first mafia. Hey, now you're shaking them down too. Like, hey, it's a real I nice. Think that's yak what you there. just did. <laughs> well, no, the insurance is the same pitch yeah. as mafia. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to do anything to your yak, but if something happened to your yak, it'd be a shame. It would be a shame. Oh, I was going to say you'd have the Middle Gear crossover. You'd be like Stone Snake. <laughs> like where it all began like the only way to tell any more stories to go way back to the very look beginning. at this point you could probably convince me that that was part of the canon okay it's that off the wall <laughs> it's it's a little loopy <laughs> uh here i'm gonna read this other one uh, i want to remind everyone this episode of the patch is also brought to you by trunk club shopping is awful who has the patience for crowded stores or the time to try on 10 pairs of pants that don't even fit well here's the problem though you still want to look great and with trunk club you never have to set foot in the mall again Trunk Club takes all the hassle out of shopping by shipping you a trunk of clothes that fit perfectly and make you look like a million bucks with all the new fall styles. At trunkclub.com slash the patch, you answer simple questions about your style, preferences, and size, and you're assigned an expert stylist. They curate clothes from the best premium bands, and you approve of what you like. And just like that, a trunk arrives on your doorstep filled with hand-picked clothes that are perfect for you. 
Try them on, keep what you like, and easily return what you don't in their prepaid trunk. It's not a subscription service. You only pay for the clothes you keep from your trunk. No hidden charges, just great clothes. And right now, the entire styling service is free, even the shipping. You only pay for the clothes you keep. So to take advantage, go to trunkclub.com slash the patch. Uh, one last time, that's trunkclub.com slash the patch for a trunk filled with clothes that you'll love wearing. Right there. Go check them out. I'm uh, excited. They're starting to do Trunk Club for a women. Yeah. I've been jealous of you guys for months. You get all these cool trunks with, with, with grown-up clothes. And now I'm finally going to get grown-up clothes. I'm going to have more than video game t-shirts to wear. <laughs> the trunks are cool. Yeah. Wait, well you mean video game t-shirts aren't grown-up clothes? Apparently not. Oh, I don't want to grow up. Growing up is fine. You look good. I look good. <laughs> wow, they really laughed at that. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little hurt. It was a little hurtful. No, you remember, like, you started getting front club, and immediately all of us in the office were like, damn, Gus is looking good these days. Dressing snappy. There it is. Oh, all right. Um, Nailed that it. pose turned evil a little bit there. A little bit. That's evil Gus. It's because he shaved. Um, <laughs> so I, I did not experience this firsthand because I own destiny on the ps4 so maybe one of you can explain to me so apparently the taken king can just show up on your ps4 if you don't own it have you heard about this i have heard I have about heard. this yeah so I, I i'm curious to know how that works is it just like i don't know if it downloads the whole game or if it's just like an icon that pops up and you can click on it and it encourages you to download it well i mean the taken king isn't really uh i mean if you're talking about just unlocking it like all the other content is downloaded as a patch no matter what if you want to have access to that additional leveling, then it's just like a t- tiny, like 200k patch that just unlocks it. Hmm. It's like whenever you have a pre-order game where it's already there, but you just get that last little bit that says you can play it for realsies. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's a it's an ad. It's just placed, oh, so okay. it looks so like it looks it's like not. A game. Oh, clever! Interesting. Yeah, so it's um, it that started appearing with the 3.0 update of the firmware. Um, it's just a promotion for it, so it's not actually. Downloading, installing anything, using up your bandwidth is just when you go into your stuff, it looks like you have Destiny, and then you go and click on it, goes, you want it? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to get it if you want it. But you can you can turn it off. Really. There's a way to get mm. rid of that. I guess, yeah, I, it's part of their personalized curated content. There we go. Um, you go to system. Oh, wait, maybe it does download it. Hold on. Look at this. The plot thickens, I guess. Oh, no, it's a link, but no, you can go in and say... Go into your um, your system settings, go down to automatic downloads, and then uncheck featured content, and it mm. will stop those from showing up so that not only will Destiny not show up, but future games won't pretend to be installed on your PS4. Right. Pretend. <laughs> they, they, uh, that's they, the keyword. as long as they're pretending. They're right. suspending disbelief as well. <laughs> uh, in other Destiny news, I guess they're uh, updating their uh, business model next week. For really? To, to add microtransactions. Yeah, well, I mean, they're adding in the emotes, right? That's the main thing. Which right. I've always kind of felt like if you're going to do a microtransaction, then at least if it's cosmetic, then it's not really affecting most people's gameplay. I agree to some degree mm. with that, that if you're going to do it, then it needs to be cosmetic only. But this is also a full retail product, and they've also just released an expansion that was nearly as expensive as the game itself. And they may not call it an MMO, it's still an MMO, and emotes tend to be part of well, that social experience, and now they're going to charge you for that. Well, so, from what I've also read, though, I mean, I, I, I get that concern, but I've also read they haven't officially announced it, but of course, anonymous sources, you know, people with inside knowledge are saying that. 
this is part of them changing their plan for future content release. That, and I'm, I'm going to read here an article on Polygon that um, Activision is looking to change its entire downloadable content plan for Destiny. Instead of releasing paid expansions like The Dark Below and House of Wolves, um, Activision and Bungie will deliver new quests and missions for free, likely in big drops every few months until fall of 2016. Well, what that, what that says to me is that if they were to do that, uh, it means that they think they can make more from selling microtransactions than they can for charging individual players 40 bucks. I mean, it's been a big business model for Team Fortress. It has been, but it's also a business model that depends very much on whales. It is a very small percentage of the playing population that will pay a lot of money to get all the stuff they want because... Yeah, yeah, but you're no not looking for the people that are looking for you know, a lot of money. Like you I want the that. people that just want that one. Like they want the, that dance or they want, you know, that point or that salute. You know, they want that one specific thing. It's like, oh, it's 99 cents. I can throw 99 cents at that. Yeah, sure. but 99 cents isn't 40 bucks. It's not. But I mean, are, are they then counting on people over time paying the equivalent of $40? Like what's, what's the – I guess I'm trying to figure out like what's the upside there? Like if you can if you can get a guaranteed forty dollars from people or ninety nine cents, I like as a business you'd think that you'd take the forty bucks unless they, Wait, unless the Taken King adoption uh, was a low enough percentage right. like if, when, yeah. that it doesn't add up. That means like five percent. Yeah, if you two percent would have had bigger to do net it. with people mm-hmm. contributing less instead of c- c- continuing to yeah. funnel down your base. And having to pump them for more. You so know, the so missions just keep people coming back and then they'll add on things that keep them, you know, maybe spending some more into the mm-hmm. economy. The other thing is with the way that they've built this game, they're not probably going to be employing a whole lot of people to do these extra missions because they're just going to run people through the same areas that you've already played in. With the Taken King, they introduced a new zone, you know, the, the Dreadnought and a couple other areas you got further in that maybe you had before. Whether they were there before or not, I don't know. I mean, it's, if their door was closed, maybe that didn't exist. Maybe it was there and they just didn't have a use for it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it had expansion zones built in. Um, so I imagine that the missions that we will get between now and fall will not be on the same order as the Taken King. It will be, okay, here, you go back to the Cosmodrome. Great place. You that love place the Cosmodrome. You, you know that place. You went this way that one time. Now let's go this way. The opposite way. You won't recognize it as much that way, right? I mean, that's how most of their missions are built. Even with the Taken King, a lot of them are that way. I will say what I do like that they've been doing lately is, since you've uh, you've finished the Taken King uh, primary quest line, there's a bunch of supplemental quests that come up after that uh, that keep you kind of engaged. And lately what's been happening is a lot of the daily heroics have had secrets in them. So there was one where you could get a exotic sniper rifle if you went a different path and fought another boss uh, at the end of that, you would end up getting an exotic sniper rifle called the Black Spindle. Um, there's been another one that they people are just kind of figuring out right now. That's been there's been a, a, a mystery gun kind of on the books forever, which was a heavy fusion rifle. I forget the name of it. And just now we've discovered how you might start going about getting that. So mm-hmm. they're using and the, yesterday's daily heroic. There was a thing where you could find some hidden ghosts, uh, and these are dependent on being the daily heroic because if you wipe. At any point during doing the daily heroic, all that stuff goes away. Mm. Uh, and you can't do it on just hard mode of the normal mission on the map. So it's been really impressive how quickly people have found this, unless maybe someone's leaking it to kind right. of like get it started. Seeding you kind of wonder, it, like yeah. some of them, it? 
Some of them are pretty, like the, the one where you find the three extra ghosts was really obscure. I mean, you have to go way out of your way from the normal mission path to locate it. So, yeah, I kind of wonder if there wasn't something hinting towards it. And there's such a group of people, though, online that are so familiar with the lore and the cards and all the different things. They're like, in this picture, you can see in the background, there's like this picture. And this is my, this gun is associated with this character. And that character is associated with this location. And we look in this location, and then they find something. I, I have a picture of someone with pictures and yarn connecting it all. And- I think that might be what's going on. Like there are people wow. with basements, just the giant walls with nets all over the place. See, that's the way I see trying to put together the Metal Gear timeline. It's Pretty much. not that bad. <laughs> it's no, confusing. He's a clone of him, but only on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, the Tuesday clone. <laughs> <laughs> I see you're familiar with the lore. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. I think um, I, I like their new idea of releasing the content for free and, and, and switching to this. Because like I said, I think it it's encouraging keeping the player base big. I mean, yeah. another example of someone doing that has been GTA, basically. For a, a, about a year after release, they were putting out like more stuff. I mean, it would be like release like uh, Valentine's day where there'd be special cars and guns and things like that, but you would have to use the currency and the currency. If you didn't happen to have it, you would buy their cards. So there were ways of driving the microtransactions with just doing regular content releases. Yeah. They're, they're and they're, they're still doing updates, right? Not as much. And they, and they said that they're not going to do any more for last gen consoles. Mm-hmm. But we're still waiting to hear anything about additional story content for GTA, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. They keep saying it's coming. They, I mean, oh, really? Yeah. They said it's, it's, I didn't know well, that. They, I think they, they said that they want to do additional single-player stuff. But so far, everything they released has been for GTA Online. It mm-hmm. works like it's the stuff is in single-player as well. But they haven't released any single-player specific Interesting. content. Well, they did take them a year to get it out. so Right, for, for heists? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how long it takes to get the single-player content. That said, uh, when they put out single-player content, it tends to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the stuff they did for GTA 4 was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that I thought that ship had sailed. I didn't realize that that was still a possibility. I'd be interested yeah, to replay the some, uh, yeah, some GTA 5 single-player stuff. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder if they won't just go back and, and release a whole new character set essentially for a single player expense, uh, experience mm-hmm. instead of trying like to pick another up. campaign well i mean there's i don't want to spoil anything but there are options in the gta 5 campaign where you may have altered who the makeup of your group was um so you can't necessarily move forward with that without just locking in a choice uh for people or building it twice uh, so maybe they do more like Ballad of Gay Tony, where you just have a whole new character set. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did that. It was Ballad of Gay Tony, and uh, what was the one with the bikers? Yeah, the pretty Lost much on the dam. Pretty much Lost everything. The there because, we go. Uh, so, like, yeah, their stuff was was similarly like that, like telling new stories in the same place. So that's entirely possible. They kind of had to because of the the voice actor and his kind of rebellion against not getting paid enough. Hmm. Man, I wonder if that voice actor is like. Should have got that Fallout 4 contract. There were so many lines. <laughs> so many so lines. Many lines. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to Fallout, Fallout Russia. Do we have the timer? Ah, Do we put have them on the Fallout spot. 4 timer? Do we know that's... Eh? You, like, you, like, yeah. you like putting them on the spot. I do. You? I'm sorry. We no, have, we have, right. Whenever it's available, it's cool. Right, like, Ryan, we have it. a specific show for that. We do? On the spot? On the spot. Oh, yeah, on the spot. Sorry, my bad. It's not Thursday. No. So we also have the... I see they're pulling it up. I see it in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. So I guess some news came out. Put it up whenever you have it ready. Uh, I guess some news came out. Uh, I guess 343 was talking about Forge in mm-hmm. Halo 5 and about how essentially they've revamped it, trying to make it 
more user friendly. Like they brought in people who were big in the Forge community and you know had them give advice and notes and how they're just it's just supposed to be huge and ridiculously big. And I think that Halo Five just went gold. It did yesterday, right? It just went gold. So um, it was either yesterday or potentially today, but it's gone gold. It's really exciting. So yeah, coming it's, out October twenty seventh. Yeah. That's right so around it's the corner. So much closer than it feels like. It feels like we still have all this time before holiday because the holiday rush hasn't started yet. And normally it's underway yeah. by this point. So I feel like holiday is still really far away. It's not. We got 20 days. Mm-hmm. Let's get a new timer for. No, just kidding. Just kidding. We don't need a timer for Halo. <laughs> That's. Yeah, no, we, we can just do 20. We'll see. I think right. I can count down from hold 20. On, hold on. Somebody else hold. Each, each of you hold up a hand. There's, yeah. There we go. Oh, no. wait, do we need both hands? No, nope. just one hand. There okay. we go. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I was making a 20. Oh, I get it. I was making our own counter. <laughs> um, then they also released their live action commercial for Halo 5. And you know, they had previously released that teaser. And I was, I was there were two versions, right? Of the well, teaser. I was really underwhelmed by the teaser that they released a couple of weeks ago, where it's people on Earth watching people on earth in the future watching the news on tv that master chief has died but even though it's supposed to be the future it didn't look futuristic at all well are you just upset that you're like they wouldn't be watching anything on tv like, in the future oh they're in a future diner hey people gotta eat in the future yeah oh now they're in a future warehouse like it just people gotta ship stuff in the future it just didn't it just felt weird and then of course they released the full uh, I guess the longer version of it uh, recently, and it's he's Master Chief's not really dead. Spoiler. Uh, that's just the <laughs> official story, and then you know they're sending in Locke unofficially to find him and try to rein him back under control. Is that really a spoiler? If you played the game, you kind of know, right? No, just spoiler for the ad campaign, there I guess. Um, but it just made me think of it when I first, and also the other thing that annoyed me about the teaser. You know, they're saying, "Oh, Master Chief's dead. We're sorry to report." You know, the passing of Master Chief. All this stuff. So it just made me think of what was it? Was it the Halo Three ad campaign mm-hmm. where they had like the diorama and then like they yeah. show I the brute that. Yeah, holding was that, up? Um, was that the, the one with the stars? That's the people the believe campaign. People, that's was. the one that people like unlocked by mm-hmm. tweeting it or something, and each tweet would add a star into the constellation that eventually yeah. like made up the whole thing. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, but I felt like this was recycling the whole. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's not. You know, cause it really it, does step it back a ways. It yeah. is, but I also feel like this uh, this campaign and this story has tended to focus a lot on what people think they know versus what's actually going on. That's yeah. been, you know, that there was the whole thing. Uh, there was a campaign that came out. It was uh, one of Master Chief shooting Locke, and then one of Locke shooting Master mm-hmm. Chief, and it's very much. It's like what propaganda versus what's actually happening. You don't necessarily know what yep. is the truth, where I, is it, and all this stuff. So I feel like they're they're really pushing hard on that, and I feel like it's going to play a big part in this story. Yeah, I think they they released those ads a long time ago. That was early. Those are, year, yeah. those like are really long time March. ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me that they started promoting it that far in advance. You know, with, then that was those were on television. I saw them uh, on TV mm-hmm. fairly regularly. And it was this, it was the same scene transposed too. It was mm-hmm. the same two characters in the same basically positions. Uh, um, at the or transflipped though. Limbics on Twitter uh, also says that was not necessarily Earth. Um, he thinks it was supposed to be the outer colonies. I so think, it I was think, also I, one of it wasn't 
It was a future warehouse and our future diner on a future Earth. There you yeah. go. Future stuff. Yeah, I, I, Everything's future. I, I agree. I also think it was a colony, but Look, still. It was like, warehouses are still going to exist in the future. Just what's in the crate's going to be different. <laughs> what's in the crate? Stuff. Yeah, it's what's future stuff in the crate. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I'm still excited about the game. I'll still, I'll still play it uh, a ton of it, I'm sure, when it comes out. I'm really worried. I feel like there's so many games. We're getting that time of year that worries me every year well, where there's so many games coming out and I don't know how we have time to play them I all. feel like that's going to be February now. Yeah. This month is... This, got- this month we've got Halo. Uh, this month we've also got Fallout. But no, Fallout's Oh my God, month. Fallout's... Mm. Yeah, Fallout's still... Okay, uh, so this month we have Halo. There you go. Yeah. This month we you have Halo. Well, we next month, next month we've got Halo, uh, Fallout. There we go. 33 um, days. Next month is also Call of Duty... Um, and Assassin, Assassin's Creed is this month? Syndicate. Uh, shit, I forgot about Assassin's Creed. Ooh, what is that? Assassin's Creed. Uh, and then we've got uh, Battlefront coming out. Uh, Battlefront, Twitter, which, by the way. Twitter, let me know if I've missed. This month. Yeah, this it month? is this month. Okay, that's what I was. Okay. 23rd? Yeah. Oh, cool. fuck. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, and then we've got Battlefront. So let, Twitter, let me know if I've missed any of the, the big, big ones. I feel like most. Like a lot of titles moved out of the period. So the, I think the ones I'm looking forward to in February are like, you know, obviously Far Cry Primal. Uh, the Division is also February, right? Is it on the books for February? I think so. And uh, didn't Rainbow Six also got pushed to February? It did get pushed. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of Rainbow Six that got pushed to February. I think the I Division doesn't it. have a date yet. Yeah. The Division's always been all over the place. I don't think they've ever said you can oh, find no, uh, it. No, we'll see. R- there's a rumor that it's coming in February. Uh, maybe released February 28th, possibly. That was a rumor as of June. I see uh, March um, 8th, 2016. Okay, Do you think great. they put it at the end of the month? Like, whenever they're releasing these that far out, they're like, oh, the, the end of February. March the 28th. 8th. No, 29th. you're right. March 8th. You roll it to March. It's like, oh, it's just a couple of days. Your, your Google Foo is stronger than mine. <laughs> you're it's, fast. It's difficult. I typed the division release date. <laughs> I typed the division February, ah. so I was seeking a confirmation. It turns out it was an incorrect one. <laughs> you wanted the internet to tell you you're right. He just wanted the information. Well, now we know a lot about each of us, don't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. So there are a lot of because, and I feel like we're we're forgetting a bunch of stuff that's supposed to be coming out in February and March as well. I think there's yeah, a lot there's of a stuff. lot of stuff that's that? coming. Uh, yeah. uh, no? that's coming in got- February. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's so much but that's coming. right now, February is the dumping ground for every pushed game, which I, that doesn't feel to me like it's no, really going to happen. Do you think they're going to push to the next quarter after that? I think they're just like, if February. Um, it, everybody said February. Well, I think that we're starting to see a lot more February oh, stuff. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is uh, uh, November 10th. Uh, I think that for a long time, if developers didn't meet or publishers didn't meet their holiday release, you're right. They would push to summer. Or mm-hmm. later. And I felt like for a long time, the beginning or the first half of the year was just empty. It was just like shovelware for the most part. I'm happy to see more high-quality titles coming out in February because it gives us more to play uh, in you know leading up to the summer. Plus, you got to catch all that Christmas money. I mean, there's still some of it left by February. Yeah. People are, you know, kids are ready to buy at that point. Well, they're done with the other games. Yeah. they got to find the new one, the next one. There you go. It makes sense. I'm, I'm all about it. None of them are scared, though. Like, the, every one of these games is just ready to go right to the wall with every other one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them feel... There used to be those, like, there's one title that no one wants to go against. I feel like this year that's Fallout. I guess, but there's... How many other games coming out the same month? Fallout? Tomb Raider's coming out the same month? Uh, we just went down that list. Tomb Raider, yeah, th- yeah, but it's not as many. Like, some, a, a lot of holidays, I feel like there'd be 20 of... Like, 20 when, AAAs in is, November. Is, did you say Call of Duty was October? 
I think it's November. November. Call of Duty is always November. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, did did Fallout scare them out of November? (laughs) No, but that would be amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, we're almost out of time. Just a couple of things I want to mention. Um, So, Microsoft had... The VR costs. That, yes, that's exactly where I was going. No. Yay! Because, yeah, this is crazy. had a press conference the other day. They showed off HoloLens again. And they said that development kits for it were going to cost $3,000. And you have to apply to give them $3,000 for it. You yeah. can't just go and buy one. Which is very expensive. Because I think, how much did we pay for our DK2? Like the Oculus DK2 was three fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, in re- relation to that, uh, Palmer Lucky said that Oculus is probably going to cost more than 350 when it goes retail and yeah. not long ago i think it was sony said that they're planning on playstation vr costing like being a console, console level price. purchase so it's you know we're talking you know in the three to five hundred dollar range mm-hmm. vr is gonna be expensive well i mean here's the thing you gotta think it's basically a 4k monitor granted it's this big which makes it slightly more expensive actually but it's still in most you know, basically 4k resolution so those are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, it's the same like a cell phone is is actually that much. You don't normally pay that because you are getting that whole contract thing. But that size of miniaturization of that resolution of the screen costs that much money. That's not really that shocking. Oh, uh, uh, Just Cause 3 is in December. Ooh, Just Cause 3. I'm yeah. looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Yeah. And uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah. I talked about sure. that. I talked to, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I talked a bit about that on the podcast so this week. So cute. <laughs> I was jealous because Greg Miller got it early and I haven't played it yet. Of, of course you did that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, go, let's go to his house. Let's send, his, you send your dog after him. <laughs> we'll, have a dog let's, we'll send Meg's dog after him. Yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got the same kind of dog too. Yeah. 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 We'll, have, we'll have a little fight club. Wiener fight. <laughs> Wiener fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so VR I'm, I'm just worried about it. Like Hololens is a whole other thing. It's it Hololens is a whole other thing. It's augmented. It's still very early on in the process, but just the same, I'm, you know, there's potential for it to be more than a gimmick. For mm-hmm. VR to be more than just a gimmick. There's a, a a real opportunity for it to be a huge game changer. Like there's for the first time I feel like people are taking VR seriously. Remember people have been trying to make VR headsets for Decades. Decades. And this is the first time I feel like they're actually getting the kind of traction that they need to make it happen and to be more than like that stupid thing that someone tried that one time. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to be that expensive, how can they sell to a scale to really make that difference? That's I mean, the consoles are selling that price. Which, again, HoloLens is a very different beast than anything else. HoloLens is not based off of existing technologies like the VR headsets are. Those oh, are very and simple Siege, to... And Need for Speed. So, okay, there's some movies, there are some games coming out. It's fine. There out. are going to be some games coming out I <laughs> more than I realized. Like but the, still uh, fewer than I thought. The VR headsets that are that are coming out are based on technologies that have already exist and are already manufactured and much cheaper to make. Uh, Microsoft is having to build its own industry to, to make these headsets. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be more expensive I mean, we already know that the FOV limitations on them. So. I was going to say, if I'm going to pay three thousand dollars, can I at least get the, the 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 hologram to the edge of the screen? That'd be great. Here's the other thing: when you're talking about a dev kit, you're not talk, talking about a product that isn't necessarily ready for consumers anyway. Right. So it's something where they can hopefully, through the process of the dev period, get the cost down on the units uh, by getting the infrastructure up and running, where they're actually cost per unit for them is not as bad. When your dev kits are usually pretty close to like. At cost when you're selling it to a dev, right? Because you want them to you want them to have these to start developing stuff for it, which is actually kind of uh, one of the things right now that I think Oculus has going for it over Vive is 
those units have been out there being developed for for a lot longer than mm-hmm. uh, the Vive unit has. True. People are turning around quick, and it's really the fact that Unity and Unreal Engine have built-in support for them uh, is is probably more important than the fact that Oculus has been around longer. But there's still just people that know more about working with Oculus than any of the other ones right now in the field. So yeah, what's well, been like you said, it's been more available for longer. People are just right. more familiar with it. it. It's a it's a more familiar name still. Yeah. All right, but I have I have faith in in Valve and their ability to uh, to put out quality stuff for it. Well, HTC. Well, Valve has nothing to do with it, really. <laughs> but they have built <laughs> demos for it. They do. So yeah, they, I mean, they, they will have association software support. With. Like it's partnered. So right. I mean, yeah. But all right, well, it's time. We have got to wrap up. So thanks everyone for watching. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Stay tuned for some game club. Yeah. Bye. Hey, welcome hey, to Game Club. To Game we're Club. totally not talking about how the atrocity of literature that is Twilight. There's a new book. Get excited, everyone. Uh, book's strong term. They are books. It's you pages can't, bound together. You don't get to be a dick about it's, calling it a book. It's, it's worked on paper. Yeah. Whether it's readable is... You're right. It is, it is actually debate. legible. I mean, whether or not it's enjoyable How would be I know. I've never opened it. Yeah, see? You don't even know. I don't. i got to be honest. Yeah, I got tricked into seeing the first movie... And that they're was terrible. A, gee, oh the movies God. are horrible. The that books aren't so that great bad. either, but they're great beach read, which we should have a patch reading club, maybe a book club. If we could just find a reading day to shoot club. it. <laughs> <The> video, <laughs> reading time. Wait, the video game, wait, the book game club, book club? Yes. The patch. The, we'd call that one the game, game book club. club, book club. We call this one the book club. Yeah. <laughs> we'd kind of transpose it. So this week we talked about, we're going to talk about, uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yes. yes. Which is a fairly kind of small game yes. from uh, the Astronauts was the name of the company that or um, the yeah is this their first game? I believe Let me look so. it up. Um, it is a psychological horror game. You know, I don't. Would you call it puzzle, a horror game? Um, puzzle or a horror it, game? Puzzle, yeah, I'd call it like of. a mystery mystery puzzle game, uh-huh. thriller maybe. Yeah, the the setup is that you are a, a psychological or paranormal investigator, essentially yes. named Paul Prospero. Uh, and you have received a letter from a young boy named Ethan Carter in a town, uh, mm. Red Valley. They also do Soma. Soma. Yeah, they also oh, did that's Soma, really? new. That's a new game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the... Their new game is that's Soma. That's the new hotness. Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm looking about. forward to checking that one out, especially now. Um, but so you arrive in the town, and you kind of just have to sort of investigate what's going on. Town is a really loose term for this, because it, it's... Only it seems like it's only populated by like six people. In her Small story, village. Well, was, they did her story also. Really, I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, it's on their website. Her so. story is one guy, so maybe it's one guy from their team. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're like co-promoting other <laughs> indie games. I'm going to keep looking. I like at the idea. Like, like we hired that guy. Oh yeah, we made her story too. Yeah, we made this. <laughs> the guy, the entire okay. production team is on. If our I staff. hired him, my only like my only thing that he would have to do—I can't think of the word that I was thinking there—but my only stipulation would be he has to tell me the actual ending for her story. Ooh. You can have a job, but you got to tell me what the right ending is on her. Story. I bet he'd walk away. Oh, he would not. Oh, he'd walk away. No, he wouldn't. What what, what job would you be giving him there? Miss Turner. <laughs> Give him all sorts of jokes. <laughs> Walk into that joke. Uh, it's so let's talk about a young boy named Ethan Carter. Right. So he's uh, he's said that there's something bad going down in what's uh, I actually I keep saying town. It's a property uh, that has been in a family and someone inherited it. It's a very rich uh, family's property, and the Carter family are the caretakers of it. At least that's what's revealed on a piece of newspaper that you find. Uh, and it's very much just an environmental sort of walk around, explore kind of game, but it does have a very dark uh, take. So 
one of the first things you encounter uh, is some A murder scene. Well, the murder scene, yeah. But if you walk around in that first area, which is very easy to miss, but there are actually traps around the first area you walk in. That's kind of, there's only a couple, like, jump scary parts of it. And that was kind of the first one where there's four <clears throat> traps. And if you find them all, you find out a story. It's five, about, right? Is it five? I think so. And there's okay. the, then you can, there's the short story right. that Ethan writes. And then there's also a newspaper clipping right by it. Right. Yeah, basically, you're, every puzzle in the game is accompanied by a story that Ethan has written. He's a, a very prolific writer for a, a younger boy. Um, and all of the stories are typically related to the scenes that you're investigating, except for the first murder, I think. There wasn't really a story behind that one, was there? Not not as such. The first one you come upon is the, the guy that's had his legs chopped off by a train, which is that's literally like the first thing you encounter is a guy with no legs. Super gross. Uh, <laughs> Blood everywhere. But it's a really interesting Trains kind of like mystery setup because you you find the train and you notice that there's blood on the train and then it has kind of this almost like the uh, if you saw um, Sherlock, the, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Batch? Batch? Cumberbatch. Batch. Uh, how you'd have one of those things where like words would kind of fly around. You're like, oh, this is my thought process of of mm. looking at this object, uh, and then it would have sort of a psychological, or I keep saying psychological, a paranormal aspect of he has sort of the ability to psychically locate items. So uh, it would say, oh, so you find the train, and it's like there's a crank missing on the front, and it's like crank, 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 and then you look around, and as the word crank is kind of flying around, and as it coalesces into a single word you get a vision of where that crank can be found. Yeah, it's a cool mechanic because mm -hmm. the words are all scattered, but then as you, like, change where the way you're facing, as you get to, like, hone in on the direction that the object is, then it all comes together, locks in, and shows you a preview of where it is. So that was actually a really cool mechanic of kind of helping you figure out where to start looking for things without spelling it all out for you. Yeah, the puzzle aspect of this game is not really brain-intensive in most cases. Like, it's... Um, I mean, you pretty much are led to most of the the answers without having to do too much heavy lifting. Um, because it's mostly story driven, right? Like, sorta, yeah. And like, it's not a prolific story by any means. No, but it is kind of a twisty, turny, not sure what's happening until the very, very end type story. In in the the canon of gaming, I would say it's more like a short story yeah. if you were to compare it to the books, not like Twilight. Um, <laughs> but uh, so. You've kind of unraveled the mystery of this town, and again, there are stories that Ethan have, has has written associated with most of the paranormal effects that you encounter. At one point, there's like an astronaut that you run into, and you fly the out of space. Yes. That's the I, when I encountered an astronaut in the middle of the forest, I was like, "What is going on now? This I, is just weird." Do you, you think feel, that's like a wink and a nod to their name? I so, yeah, I figured sure. that was a nod to the developer. Yeah. Do you like, feel like they tip straight. their hand a little bit too much with astronaut because that's basically. Uh, the whole game is asynchronous. You don't have to do anything in any particular order, but it is very linear, linear in the way that you will most likely discover things. Um, and the astronaut is like the second thing that you encounter. And I almost feel like that tips kind of the ending of the game off. You think it makes early. it too obvious? Right, well, yeah. It, yeah, it is pretty – it's outside of reality. It's very surreal. It's disconnected. At first I was trying to figure out if there was – like because of the – there was I, there had been a very concrete murder – I just right. solved. I was very proud of myself. There's an astronaut. And I'm going. Are there actually astronauts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll be giving me a minute to figure it's the out ghost of a cosmonaut if it was that, or if there, or if it was this sort of like surreal, disconnected mm -hmm. experience, which is what I ended up 
like deciding yeah. on. But yeah. for a little while, I was trying to figure out if there was if there was actually space stuff going on. Well, too. that's the thing about games; you never know where the line of reality actually is in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, is magic real? Is the paranormal stuff real? So that's what's kind of neat about this game is it plays with reality in that you find it at the end that everything is not real. Like there right. is no reality whatsoever. Nothing you are not even real. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the other mechanic that I, is worth mentioning is the way that you as the uh, Paul kind of investigate a scene is you have to return everything to its initial position. And once you've done that, once you've pieced it all back together to how it started, you can kind of view the psychic past. You can see how it all unfolded. Well, and it's cool, too, that it gives you the individual pieces there, but then you have to go through and decide what order those mm-hmm. um, vignettes happened in. Right. And Which is cool. And once you piece all together, <laughs> then it plays as a contiguous uh, yeah. scene. I, I did have a lot of fun with that, of looking at the what was going on and then trying to decide what happened in mm-hmm. what order and what that meant was going on. I felt like Encyclopedia Brown, Nancy Drew, take your pick. I felt like all, I felt like all of them. Yeah, it was really fun because you look at all these vignettes and you're like, okay, so the lamp, she's got the lamp in this one, but not in that one. And there's, there's she's got the rock here, but not there. And kind of you have to follow the chain of events and uh, and use that to kind of help clue you in on how to do it. But it's really forgiving. I mean, if you enter the wrong thing, it just stops playing. You're like, okay, I guess that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you go through the town, kind of you're following the trail of Ethan Carter trying to find him. Um, and you, you come across various members of his family who have apparently been trying to kill him because of he awoke a sleeper, mm-hmm. the sleeper, which is yeah, some sort of malevolent spirit. Yeah, it's it's tied into like there's there's a story of a uh, like a crotchety old man that lived in the, the town uh, who had a secret room like he used to be uh, a moonshiner or but also sometimes referred to as kind of like a wizard or a potioner. Um, and he had a secret room that when the house burned down, the room didn't, uh, and Ethan apparently played in this room and then all of a sudden everyone is infected with this desire to sacrifice Ethan to the sleeper. Um, so you're following his, you know, footsteps trying to track him down. But even even putting that much together takes a while. It does. Like the first thing you, the first thing you encounter aside from the short story is Ethan tied to a train track Mm -hmm. and going what what is going on? Why is there a kid tied to a train track? You don't know any of that, and it comes out later. You don't know why they're doing what they're doing. It's just something really messed up is going on. Yeah. It comes together kind of kind of slowly, but it's cool as it does. It's only what seven eight puzzles long, really. Um, and yeah, by the time you get to the end of it, what you discover is that this whole experience, everything that you've played, is basically the dying fantasy of Ethan Carter. He uh, was just in a very ordinary domestic situation where he had kind of an abusive family and they caught him somewhere he shouldn't have been and they accidentally set a fire and he was stuck in a room that he couldn't get out of and he was slowly asphyxiates from smoke inhalation. And so everything, including you, your the narrator character, has just been the last of his stories uh, and you even have a conversation with Ethan there at the end, basically saying, okay, it's okay to go. Like yeah. it's, you know, you, you can, you can let go now. Um, so I mean, it's again, not a long game, right? but it was a fun one and it's spooky, 
But if you're not a fan of jump scares, there's only one jump scare it's just, part. It's more haunting, it's, I would say. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or creepy. Not, Very it's creepy. Not even, I wouldn't even say scary so much because yeah. I can tell you a scary game when I play one, and yeah. that was more creepy. I was kind of like with Gone Home when we mm-hmm. played that. I was at the beginning like waiting for stuff to happen, and then it yeah. didn't really happen. You know, you're you're coming along after everything has happened, mm-hmm. and you're all by yourself. So um, it's not scary in that way. Yeah, it's you're right. You're exactly right. It's the very same tone where it's that it's spooky enough that you feel like at any moment something really bad could happen. And uh, other than there's there's one part where you go down in the mines and there is a jump scare part where you encounter a monster that if he sees you, it just it's one of those like oh, I'm in your face, I'm eating your face. Uh, but uh, other than that, it is just a walkthrough experience. I've, I've played other games that are very similar to that, uh, that just didn't involve you as much. Like the mechanics of this game, the hunting things, the puzzles, that really made it work for me so much better than uh, the Rapture. Everybody's Sunset? gone to the Rapture. Uh, Sunset, too. But everybody's <laughs> gone to the Rapture was kind of... A lot of, of games work better than Sunset. Yeah, God. Also, it's gorgeous. This game is just it really, pretty. So, which version did you play? Did you play the original version or the redo version? I've played both. Okay, I ended yeah. up playing the redo version, the one that was um, they did. It was Unreal Engine four. They updated to UE four. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Absolutely it was gorgeous. gorgeous. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the whoever was the texture artist for this game, or, or you know, one or many of them, amazing job. Just everything is so sharply, perfectly textured. Uh, and just the environments. What? I just laugh because there's something people, like, everyone has their thing that they're uh-huh. like, oh, it's such a great blah, blah, blah. Like, yours is textures and games. Like, yours is like, such beautiful textures. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty. But I would never be like, the <laughs> textures are so nice. Well, that's what I'm, sells I'm, it for me. I'm, I'm on board, though. It almost, in some ways, felt like the beauty of the game was wasted on the game. You think so? Like, I could see a huge, like, really ambitious game to look like that. There are a lot of AAA games that would kill to look as nice as this game did. That's true. Well, I wonder if it only could, had was able to look this good because it was not so huge in scope. That's entirely possible. I mean, it was essentially one fairly large contiguous area, but it wasn't multiple maps or anything, though, I mean, there are multiple sections, but... Uh, and in the original version, there were some load gaps between those, so you could tell a little bit better when you cross between them. Okay. Um, but in the uh, Redux version, they they fixed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the first, you walk through the woods, and the first thing you really do is you cross this bridge, this train bridge, and you're just on a lake, and you can see where you're going, and like see just out into the mountains, and all of it just is amazing to look at. I just stood there for a while. Yeah, just I, looking. I, yeah, I left the game for a little mm-hmm. while. I just like had it over here, and I'd look over and go, hmm. "Looks good." <laughs> what? Like a, like a Yule log video? Yeah, <laughs> really relaxing. <laughs> Pretend I'm on vacation in the mountains. What's the um on Steam? I saw that there was down. Oh, sorry, there was downloadable content. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, I think it was, it was an upgrade to a collector's edition. I think is what the DLC was. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I just saw something. It was like download all DLC. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what that was. But let me double check. Tyler's telling me I'll show him my belly off. Yeah. yeah. Show it off. Show it off. Show it off. Yeah, what, there we go. There. Work, now now I'm decent again. Work. Um, but yeah, overall, I definitely recommend the game. It's, it is expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive for the amount of time. It's, it's, it's um, expensive. On Steam, it's $20, yeah. which for a game that's going to get you maybe, maybe five hours, yeah. maybe, is... That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I, I, I wouldn't just like jump into it, but it's a great game. No, it, it is. is. So if it you is. if you have the twenty dollars to spare and you want to play it, then 
I think you'll enjoy it. Just, you know, it's not going to be the most cost-efficient game. I want to say that it's... I agree that it's, like, expensive for what it is, but also I really like Journey, and Journey's, what, 20 bucks, too? 15 bucks, so... I'm okay with it. You're okay but with it's, it. But it's, I definitely, when I was going to load it, we had been talking like, yeah. this one's, this week's only four hours. And I went and I was like, $20! <laughs> I was not thrilled. Yeah. You know, you know, this game is actually based, well, it's not based on, but it's inspired by a short story. One of the first um, stories that was considered to be like a, an experiment in stream of consciousness called, what's called, um, the, an occurrence at, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Oh yeah, where the guy's getting a hung. short story about a guy, uh, yeah, a Confederate supporter who's being hung. He mm-hmm. was caught, or hanged, hanged. How, how are you? The book off the top of your head? Yeah, I know the story. Well, because oh, you, yeah. you think the whole time like he it's he really escapes. Cool. Yeah, uh-huh. you think that like he gets away from the hanging and then he escapes and you're like, oh, I did it, and then he he dies and it's like actually he was just daydreaming mm. in his last final moments of getting spoiler. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you should have read it in high school. No, it's a it's a great short story though, and it's it makes a lot of sense. I didn't know when I was playing the game that mm-hmm. this was an inspiration, but it makes total sense because yeah, you the first thing you encounter is he's gonna be he's gonna be hanged, and mm-hmm. then you figure out why you know you see the the event that led to that and right. then his escape followed by a sudden end uh-huh. like it's really like it's very uh, it follows that same sort of path really cool very cool also a twilight zone episode <laughs> I, just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if you guys know this but I'm a big it's twilight a zone theme. fan it's not a great my twilight zone. Oh, man, the one thing so I'm good. curious so in light of all of that do you think the sleeper was Ethan that they want to sacrifice him to? Well, or that I he mean, awoke? that's the whole thing. Is the sleeper must not awake? So Ethan is already at this ba- point, basically in the real world, so you think asleep. That he, they don't want to wake him up. Essentially, he doesn't yeah. want to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> it's is it about him deciding? Well, it is essentially. <laughs> so it's about him it's just like of, deciding it's okay to die. It's deciding to let. Well, go. yeah, and we tell him that. And yeah, as you as the, as the, the final character, yeah, I'll let him do that. But the, the whole time, it's been the sleeper is the. Antagonist, I guess, would be the yeah the the thing we're the running villain. away, and maybe the sleeper is death. Right? Yeah, like we're trying Deep. to avoid death. The dog represents. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Good game, though. Yeah, play let's it. pick a new one. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Bring out the cylinder. Uh. <laughs> trying to go slow, so trying to match pace. What are we playing next? I'm not looking. Yeah, we are playing Papers, Please. Oh, it's oh a God. Gus suggestion. Gus is Go gonna figure. be so happy. Slash me. That's like my favorite. Gus game. has a lot of suggestions in the cylinder. We should all up our uh, our own suggestions. I think. Yeah, I think, I think that we was need to my compete. only one. Was eventually me. Really. <laughs> I need yeah, to some more in there. you're gonna come up with a new one now. I am. I, right. uh, I got I got unfair swan with my one pick. Oh, and sunset though. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of. The you're internet. We're gonna we're gonna blame me forever for that one. No, yeah. Papers Please is so exciting. I love this game. It's really good. There's a ton of endings you can get. It's fun. All right, you're well, we'll like check it. that out next week. Uh, join us then. For Find out Papers, if the rest please. of us like as much as you and Gus yeah. do. Yeah. Thank you. It's on the iPad.